David here from our Weekly Bread. It's time for another bonus episode. Jesus tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And in this episode, I'll be talking with my neighbor, Rick. He and his family moved into the house across the street from where I grew up, and we all became really close. His kids were some of my best friends. When I left for college, we stayed in touch, and he even helped me with a few sermons I gave over the years. The topic of today's conversation is faith in the family. Enjoy. Essentially, the reason I wanted to talk to you was because I feel like your entire life embodies the topic of faith in the family. Uh I mean, you are a father of two, Uh you have a great career, and you're studying right now in seminary to get your master's in theology, Mm -hmm. which you could could be a pastor. Mm -hmm. And in between all of that, your family, your work, you have faith in Mm -hmm. every single stitch. So... That's what I see about you, and I'm really glad that we're taking the time to have this conversation. So thank you for being on here, first of all. Yeah, and thank you for the invitation. Certainly appreciate it. So the f- first question I wanted to ask you, and what I thought about you, was like, what are we going to talk about, is Rick's all about faith in the family. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, first question right off the bat, why is faith so important in family? You know, David, I, I felt called, first of all, to seminary several years ago, because I was discipled by... A gentleman who was a uh, missionary in Mumbai, India. Mm -hmm. And the Lord really laid it on my heart that discipleship is the core that we are called to be ambassadors, Mm -hmm. right, of the gospel. So I really felt with my own children that, uh, and within the family, my wife as well, that discipleship was a key component to our family. It's, you know, the Lord is the glue that keeps you together, right? Right. Your wife, your marriage, your, your kids. So I really felt like that was a key component to what I was called to do as a parent. You know, the Bible calls us to be disciples of our children. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, you know, in your waking, teach your children when you're walking. Right. So that's been a big part of my life as a parent and Wendy's as well with our boys. We continue to have weekly discipleship meetings. Mm-hmm. So we're called to be uh, to disciple our children, and also, if we're not discipling our children, guess what? The world is right. The outside forces, and yeah, yeah wherever I, our environment is, absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of folks think, well, if I take my kids to Sunday school, that's enough. It's not, not nearly enough, mm-hmm. right? We have that interaction daily with our kids, Good. so we not only have to live it out, but we got to get into Scripture mm-hmm. and get them comfortable with Scripture, right? You mentioned discipleship. How would you define that? Discipleship is defined, Webster's defines it as just teaching, merely teaching. So it's taking scripture, taking your Bible, Mm -hmm. and teaching your children Mm -hmm. about the Lord and what it takes to be a follower of Jesus Mm -hmm. and dependency on the Lord daily, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Psalm 91, David talked about living his life in the shadow of the Lord, living in the shelter of the Most High. Well, we can do that too, Mm -hmm. but you know what it takes? Dependency on the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we want to take control of our lives and we don't release this part of our life or that. The illusion of control. Exactly, exactly, right? right? So it's dependency on the Lord daily. Mm -hmm. And then we can dwell in the shadow of the Most High. We dwell Mm -hmm. in the shelter of the Lord. The Lord, the ultimate teacher, disciples are teachers of men and then parents of course are inherently teachers and it's why like i would say church 
starts in the family and why it's important that we come together as a community. Uh, I liked some of the verses that you said. Can we elaborate on some of the verses you mentioned? Why is that so important as it pertains to familial faith? Yeah, well, first of all, God commands it, Ephesians 6, 4. Mm -hmm. He commands that we disciple our children. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 22, 6 and Psalm 78, 4, parents are primarily responsible to grow the faith in their children. Mm. So that's a calling that we've been put in charge of. It's, it's a job duty of being a human being if you're a parent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is what we're in for. Exactly. So biblically, we're called to do that. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the focal point of our parental roles. You mentioned earlier, you alluded to that parents typically think that Oh, if I take my kids to church or to Sunday school, or if we just say a prayer before dinner, you know, I hit the check boxes, they'll be fine. So faith, I, I in my opinion, becomes more of a tradition rather than an application. Mm-hmm. So how would you say we could, in the family, make faith more of an application than a tradition? Sure, sure. Well, first and foremost, we have to live it out, right? right? So the only security our children have are their parents, yeah, right? Yeah. And if mom and dad don't love each other, there's constant bickering, arguing. Mm-hmm. We're not living out our Christian walk, right. right? Some would call that hypocrisy. It is, mm-hmm. right? So we number one, we have to make sure we live it out first and foremost. Number two, what we've tried to do is scripture reading as a family. Great. Right? Read scripture. Yeah. Pray together. We have issues. We have friends that are sick. Wendy and I, we get Ryan involved. We pray. When Justin was home with us, we Mm -hmm. all prayed together as a family. Good. Church was a big part of it. So when Wendy and the boys were young, she was leading a a study at church. But later on, uh, as they moved in their teens, I led a small group with them. Mm -hmm. Every week we went out to a small group. And usually within that group, we had outreaches in the community. Even better. We did food bank. We, we did a little homeless shelter work as well. So I think all of that is the way we can apply it. Certain families right now, it's hard for mom and dad to be together. There's mm-hmm. tension in the family. What if, what, if the par- what if the parents aren't Christian at all or they don't practice? Like, What advice do you give to the offspring who's trying to navigate their path in their faith life? What do you say to them if there's so much chaos at home? That's tough. I, I myself was brought up in a family much like that, mm-hmm. where my mom was a solid believer. My dad, not so much, and mm-hmm. there was that bickering. But thank goodness we had an uncle who was deep in his faith and mm-hmm. took us weekly, Nick, my brother Nick and yep. myself. And, you know, when I was in seminary, they had us draw out a chart of those people that had the greatest impact mm-hmm. on our faith. And I, not only did I list some pastors, but I list my uncle. Mm. as a, He had such an impact. Every week, he simply picked us up at, at our home and took us to church. Simple things. Simple things, mm-hmm. right? So I would encourage those kids, try to get a friend to take you to church. If your parents won't, stay involved. Stay, you know, Wednesday nights. If they have a get-together, go mm-hmm. by all means. And then... You know, if there's things going on at church, invite your mom and dad. You never know. Mm. Maybe they want to attend. And right. maybe there's a hook there where they may say, look, we'll start coming, hopefully, okay. you know, to church on a regular basis. Arguably, you know, Jesus is dealing with broken people, broken yeah. families. Yeah. Uh, but before we get back to that, I want to ask one more thing about a family that has a solid Christian upbringing. At what age and how would you go about instilling 
what the Lord teaches us, what Jesus teaches us to someone who's just entered the world, you know, and learning things for the first time. So I never think it's too early, right? But I mean, you know, certainly when kids are talking, I mean, if I'm a parent, I'm taking, like with our kids, there was a nursery. Mm -hmm. When Wendy and I went to church, we had a nursery there that they took care of, Justin and Ryan. But at the earliest ages, you know, I think it's wise to go to church. I started discipling uh, the boys when they were probably 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And before that, Wendy, as I mentioned, led Sunday school for them. Mm -hmm. Never too early. You know, instill it right from the get-go as soon as possible. Yeah. I kind of want to pivot back to situations where the parents don't necessarily believe or the children is struggling or, you know, every family has their stuff. Right. So how can faith help families deal with that stuff? Yeah. uh, And I've got several verses here that speaks to that, that faith in the family. I mean, we all have broken families to some degree, right? We have hangups. We have those sorts of things. But I notice when I'm dealing with something that maybe it's a point of contention, even with my wife or or with myself and, Mm -hmm. and Ryan, you know, I go to prayer. Yeah. Invariably, I read some scripture. Mm-hmm. Brings peace to my heart. And the Lord, I feel, just really helps me through that the more I pray about it. Mm-hmm. Brings peace to my heart. I depend on him so much. Guidance. You yeah. know, Lord, I'm not as wise as you. Mm-hmm. How should I attack this issue? You know, mm-hmm. we're having, it's a point of contention. I'd say go back to scripture. Continue to keep it in prayer. You know, relationships are so important. If you think back to the disciples and Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It was all about relationship. That mm. what Jesus talked about. Now, yes, we're called to have that one-on-one relationship with the Lord. Right. But it's so important to get involved in a church, relationships with other guys, mm-hmm. groups, small groups, really important. And then, of course, the dynamics in your family, of course. It's funny because you kind of answered my next question for you was like, sometimes it feels that your faith is very solo. It's like a very personal journey, but it definitely needs that element of, you know, community. How do you navigate that if you're surrounded by people who may not necessarily believe or don't have similar values or just straight up don't believe, you know, like you mentioned at the very beginning, it becomes a product of your environment. If you're not engrossed in scripture, then something else is going to take your attention, right? Absolutely. And so I guess the question is, how can faith be more communal if you're, if you're looking for it? You know, I, I think it, it's really incumbent on us to go out and become part of groups mm-hmm. within the church. I'll give you an example. Eight years ago, Friends of ours, Frank, wanted me to get involved in a men's group. And I says, oh, I'm traveling too much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He said, just give it a shot one time. Mm-hmm. Went on a Monday night. It was a Monday night. And I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I heard the word. It was a study on Nehemiah. And I thought, wow, powerful. During that next ensuing eight weeks, yeah. I met about three or four guys we had a men's group. We kind of shared as men mm-hmm. struggles that we had, yeah. communicating with our wives, Good. you yeah. know, and all of that. So, yeah, it's just pushing yourself out there to actually, the Lord wants us to stretch our boundaries, yeah. right? And sometimes we just have to do it, right? To and, become more communal. And, and it's interesting, too. I have found that, like, when you do put yourself out there and you take that leap of faith, if you will, into those communities, 
that you recognize that your journey in faith is not ever alone, if it, even if it feels that way at times. Because yeah. you hear from your neighbors, your friends, whoever, about the things that they're struggling with and happens to be relatable to what you're going through. Like you said, when you go into the unknown, you become comfortable in the discomfort eventually. Mm-hmm. And so you continue to stretch. I really like that. When it comes to being a family, how do you make decisions together that are faith-based there can be varying opinions in families, mm-hmm. especially nowadays, it seems. But how can, how can the family act as a unit through the lens of Scripture? Well, you know, I think it's a two-pronged approach. First of all, you look at how it's going to impact your kids and your wife, mm-hmm. right? So let's use an example. You're going to move out of state, yep. right? First of all, you're going to pray about it, obviously, yep. right? To me, it's all about family prayer and then what will the impact be on her kids in school? Mm-hmm. What about my wife? Is, mm-hmm. is she involved in the church? Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. We were lived out in Arizona for a period of time, 2000, actually 96 to 2007. And my wife was really involved in the church, as was myself. And I'll never forget it. We talked about it. We prayed about it. And I said, look, I said, I've got an opportunity with a job. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I really think that this is what the Lord's calling me to do, to mm-hmm. head on out. Uh, we're going to leave my family here, but there's some good churches. One I had gone to was Saddleback. Mm-hmm. And I remember her crying about it and saying, well, my church, my church family's here. I said, let's keep praying about it. Kept praying about it. And finally she reached that point of comfort. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. We made the leap. We moved out here in 2007. And even though our families were back in Arizona, mm-hmm. it was our church family that the Lord had planned here. And mm. we got super involved in Saddleback, started our own small group. He had so much planned for us out here. And that next, I call it a quantum leap in my spiritual <laughs> journey. I like that. Term. And it, it really was because that's where I met the guy that was a missionary that discipled me felt the calling to seminary. So sometimes, to me, it's all about praying about it and then assessing the impact on your wife or your children and making sure that it doesn't cause too much in the way of, you know, breaking from their school, their friends, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. When I was in college, I had a friend who whose parents were non-believers, but he, you know, God spoke to him some in some way that he knew that, this was the path and this was the truth. And it was hard for him. Like I, I, I didn't know what to tell him. I still kind of don't. Like, how do you navigate your faith in college when you're still trying to figure out your major and then in the background, your family doesn't support this decision you've made? Like that journey, for someone who's in the storm, for someone who wants to grow in their faith but is keep being pulled back, what sort of advice do you give to that person trying to find their faith or are starting to want to turn away from it? I think David in Psalms mm-hmm. talks about it time and time again. I think he, he in Psalm 92, bring that up right. again, you know, dwelling in the shadow of the, the most high, that shelter, mm-hmm. it's dependency on the Lord, mm-hmm. the struggles of school, the struggles of the family that maybe they're against yeah. their faith or whatever pick up your Bible daily, read and pray and ask the Lord to to strengthen your faith. Mm -hmm. He will speak to you. He'll Mm -hmm. be there for you. You know, there's scripture that says the closer we walk with him, the closer we draw to him, Mm -hmm. the closer he draws to us. 
I would just encourage you, get into the word daily. Pray without ceasing, as Paul talks about. He'll be there for you. He really and, and he'll be there in those hard times too. Like yes. he'll be there in your sadness. He, you, people ask, where was God when this happened? Where was God when this happened? He was there he was grieving there. with you. He was there in sadness with you. He was there in your frustration, you know, whatever it may be. By the way, yes. did you know that the Bible speaks to that the Lord's always with us, yeah. but there's times where he keeps his distance from us. We're going, Lord, how many times did David say, where are you? <laughs> right? Where are right. you? My enemies are tracking me down. I'm close to death. Yeah, my enemies surround me. And you know what? He allows those times of distance to grow our faith. And ironically, bringing this back to parenthood, the parents sometimes need to give the, parent, the offspring, their sons, their daughters, freedom mm-hmm. to make their own choices. Let them make their own failures and then they'll learn from them. If they're coddled the whole way through, then when they get out of the house, they're out of the nest, life smacks them in the face and they don't know what to do. Exactly. And so that similar approach that God's showing us is, look, you know, as a father, as your Lord, you know, model that behavior with your kids. I do the same thing with you. (laughs) You know, like, do you remember when it felt like I wasn't there? Well, what what happened in that time, into that turmoil? You grew out of that. Absolutely. And hopefully you turn towards... God, not away, away from, from God. That's the biggest battle, I would say, in those darker moments. Absolutely. So one question I always like to ask people is, what advice would you give your younger self if the topic of today is faith in the family? Before you became a father, what would you tell, if you could, your younger self before you knew you were going to become a dad? You know, um, sometimes I just need to have things knocked in my my head. You know, I'm not a fast learner sometimes. And I think I, I, it took me a while. Wendy really discipled the boys when they were younger. Mm -hmm. I didn't as much because I was traveling quite a bit, working hard. Mm -hmm. I would say I would have gotten more involved at a younger age along with Wendy. Mm -hmm. So it's never too young, uh, never too early Mm -hmm. to get involved with the kid's life in discipling with, you know, and attending, you know, church with them, their, their small groups or whatever that might be. I didn't start until, until they were teenagers. I wish I had started when they were in fourth grade, fifth yeah. grade, right? And I let work and distractions get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. I had to do it all over again, work and wait, right? Yeah. Or, or push it off to the weekends or whatever. Don't miss that time because it goes exactly fast. right yeah. exactly and those those are missed times to disciple and mm-hmm. and really train your kids it's like a canvas and the paint gets added whether it's from the parents or from school or from their friends like it fills up quick it and fills the time up goes quick. away it goes by i remember david when you were just a, a, wee, <laughs> a wee lad <laughs> <laughs> oh man circling back to the end here like that's why I wanted to talk to you so much is because I look up to how you brought up your kids you know my friends and how you made family decisions how everything was done as a family and how now you reap what you sow and you've sowed good and so it's just so awesome to see all of that and you know David you remember this vividly we had exchange students with us yep and we tried to live out our faith with them too. Mm-hmm. And we brought those kids to church every yep. week and, and made them a part of, you know, our small group. Yep. 
And I like to think that, well, it, there's a couple of instances, uh, Tomas. Tomas and Arbius. Yeah. And big time believers, mm -hmm. big time believers. And when they came here, not so much. Right. So I want to encourage everybody out there. We can have impact, not only in our family, but those around us, coworkers, neighbors. Always share your faith. We're here to be ambassadors. Mm -hmm. The minute we became believers, why didn't the Lord whisk us away? Mm -hmm. We got work to do right here. Yeah. And that's share, right? And it's funny you say that because little things make waves over time. Yeah. The smallest choice, the conversation, the the habit or the consistency of something in someone else's life. Like, yeah. It's just so amazing how we're all connected through the Holy Spirit in that way. And, you know, someday when you're standing in front of the Lord up in heaven, mm -hmm. you don't know. You may have had an impact on a friend. Yeah. Right? No idea. No yeah. idea. Maybe you made one statement. Right. And all of a sudden, boom. Mm -hmm. said, David, I'm here, David, because of you. Mm -hmm. So we never know. Yeah. Take those opportunities. And it's all God's work. You know, it's he's just using God's... us as the vessel, essentially. Absolutely. So, yeah. We're the hands, eyes, ears, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're the hands, right? Yeah. If we're not using our hands... You can't do anything. That's right. <laughs> so, like, how are we supposed to carry that out? And David, I'm Italian. If I yeah. you tie up my hands, I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess on that, any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? I I would just want to encourage everyone that family is that's the basic unit the Lord gave us. Use every moment to read scripture to your kids, pray together as a family, model that godly behavior mm -hmm. to your wife, to your children, to those you're around. Yeah, and, and do your your best and include the Lord in everything through prayer and reading scripture. When and, we sit, when we walk, when we run. That's it. All of it. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thanks for taking the time for this. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I really appreciate the yeah. opportunity. Thanks, David. Oh.